Hey, yo, what's good, Nick? It's hot. Very hot outside. 
It's hot as hell. I'm literally just, just cooling off right now. Like, I have my water in. I, I need some Sprite Remix right now. <laughs> my man's in the back got it, though. He only brought one for himself. He showed no love. Okay. Even though I put a couple tweets out that said I, that's my favorite sprite, but it's all love. Yo, um, PG's had his anniversary for um, in my mind, actually. This was an influential album. What's your favorite song right here? Okay. Want to be completely honest? Yeah. I don't have one. You don't? Because I haven't listened to it in full. It's all good. I respect that. Some people will be like, oh, this one. I couldn't even tell you. Yeah. I just kind of listen to it randomly, like whenever it pops up on my laptop. Yeah. But I'm into other music. Definitely. Mine's definitely a young girl. Mm. That's, that's one of my favorites. But that's interesting you say that because a lot of people say, "Oh, you DJ, you know, you should know everything." It's like I don't. I'm human. You know what I mean? I don't know absolutely every song that ever came out in the world. Like that's not how DJs work. You're not. It's, it's based off your style, you know. Exactly. And to be completely honest, if it weren't for you and some of the people I hang out with, I would have never heard this type of music. Ever. That's interesting. Ever. So you, you think we changed like your... Oh yeah. Sonic. Oh yeah. And stuff like Definitely. That? Since middle school. 100%. Damn. 100%. That's fire. If it weren't for you guys and the people who introduced me to some of these people, like Pharrell and, you know these influential people right now right. I'd probably be listening to you know Mark Anthony just Latin music 24-7 just like any spick out there <laughs> but, Mark Anthony. but we do have a special guest in the building we do you wanna um set it off introduce him young gentleman right here the one the only Mr. Fryer yo yo Zach how it do? Alright. Now we're in full motion, right? So, as an episode five, you know, we have Zach Fryer on here. And, um, I just wanted to discuss how, um, this came about. A lot of a lot of people think, like, I just, like, actually just pick the person that I want to be on the next show. But this one just happened randomly. So, <laughs> I like to think they pick themselves. They do. It just happens it every just, week. It's it just like, oh, it's always, like, a couple days before, oh, man, we don't have anybody. <laughs> and then they just come up, like, yes. out of nowhere, like, oh, yo, I just met this guy on the street. Right. <laughs> Let's bring him in. <laughs> so, Drew and I, we were um, just rollerblading, riding our bike. And um, as we, you know, we pulled over to Stronghold Shop. Then, um... So Taj So then I, I just you know Chopping in with Taj And whatnot. We were just talking And whatever Then Zach just pulled up It's been a minute Since I've seen him too mm. So I'm like Yo what's good Everybody's just there You know I'm, just, I'm there just standing In my rollerblades So You know We just all catching up Just talking about What's going on And everything And then Drew and I Were just talking about our show How we're doing this thing And whatnot. Then um It just It just happened Like from right there Like I, was, I saw Zach Then I'm like Yo he'd be perfect for the show 
because I remember too, like this is also where I met him too, Stronghold. So he was in high school. So I'm like, yo, we gotta get him on the show, man. Absolutely. So big thanks to Zach. Thanks yeah. for coming, man. Thank you for having me. So Zach, tell people what you do and why what you do is important. Why should we care? Uh, so my name is Zach Fryer. I'm 17 years old. And I'm from uh, Maple. Which New is Jersey. crazy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just had to say, it, which is crazy. Con- consider his age throughout this whole show. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I have a brand called Ineffable, which is a streetwear brand uh, that I started when I was in eighth grade. Um, at first, I just like printed some T-shirts for my friends, and then uh, now I'm doing full cut and sew collections. Uh, one of which is coming out this weekend, and then. Um, in the mix, when I was in high school, I wrote for some uh, blogs such as like Slam X Hype and uh, Modern Notoriety. I've done merch for some people like uh, King Groceries, Taya Bali. And then um, I also run Streetwear Plug, which is a um, a streetwear blog, uh, an affiliate network. Yeah. Which is a big network, though. Like, Streetwear Plug got a lot of followers. It's out here a how little did, bit. How did you, like... What inspired you to do it? Um, I was writing for Slamex Hype at the time, and uh, a company reached out to me about that, and they said, "Hey, we have a program where you can, you know, make money off your articles you write for Slamex Hype, and then you know you can show the big dudes at the company like that you've been earning money off it, and then roll out the campaign. Like you can head the campaign right. for the company, um, which is kind of a big deal at the time, I guess." Uh, so I started doing that with my articles and like having backlinks that would like I'd earn commission off of, and I just realized that if I like started posting the links directly on social media and stuff like that, I'd earn more money. Um, so I started Streetwear Plug like on social media at Streetwear Plug on everything, and then um, I was in school. That was my sophomore year, and I just like didn't That's do crazy. schoolwork all day, so I'd bring my laptop. And, like, all day just, like, tweet out affiliate stuff and, like, started making, like, good bread. So that's how it started. And then I kind of got what I wanted out of it, which was some influence in, like, the sneaker and streetwear world. And then additionally, like, another stream of income. So now I'm trying to kind of transition away from having it be so much about, like, the revenue and more to provide, like, a lot of... Uh, underground brands and people that don't get a lot of shine with that shine on the site and to provide like real unique features so uh, recently uh, one of the writers, I have three writers now uh, Yannick who's from Brooklyn uh, Ronnie who's from Toronto and then Max from Australia and like all of them are just super knowledgeable and uh, Ronnie he's like a hilarious writer, he just did a feature called uh, uh, The Current State of Fashion and it's hilarious Okay. Um, it's just different, you know, from what you'd see on Complex or Hypebeast or High Snowbody or right, any other yeah. comparable blogs. Um, yeah, like, even like like Hypebeast too. We were talking about that a while ago. Like to get a feature on there, you got to pay like what was it like five grand or something like that? I mean, so it like, really depends. But I remember. Um, I probably shouldn't say this, but it's fine. Uh, when I was working at Slamex Hype, it was in the same offices as a bunch of brands. Uh, one of which being Rocksmith. Yeah. And when Rocksmith wanted their lookbook featured on Hypebeast, keep in mind that's a large brand. Right. They still spent uh, 2500 to get that lookbook feature, which was literally like 
you know, 10 pictures and like a real short paragraph. Okay. Yeah. yeah. To give you a sense. Yeah. Even like with Hypebeast too, like I know they, they try to preserve their content, you know, so like to them, it's, it's, maybe, it's not like you can just pay the fee and get on there. It's more so like they want to cater to the um, the consumers, everybody that's on there, the readers and stuff like that, because they respect them at the end of the day, and that's why people come on the site. So it's like they want to make sure they actually pick, like, you know, yeah, content and stuff. Less and less, though. I yeah. mean, like, the content they it's have up down. on their site is going to be a lot different from the content they pay to promote and stuff. Right. You know, the stuff that you're seeing on social media and your feeds from them is going to be a lot different than some of the paid features on their site. You just have to dig a little bit. Right. I mean, I'm confident that nowadays they'll post damn near anything for the right amount of money. <laughs> Yo, it's, it's, it's been mm. changing though, man. I saw like a pair of like grills, like like not regular grills, but like the ones that you can mold to your mouth. I'm like, those are fake grills for thirty dollars. Yeah, like, like the Karma Loop Johns. I had those damn. in seventh grade, <laughs> but that's all good though. That's that's a different time period. Like, and. Another thing too is like people may think, damn, like, oh, you're corny. Why do you have those? But like, yo, you're seven. It was fire at the time. It was fire. <laughs> Nobody had bands to drop on like real grills. And there was like no that. little white boy with fake gold grills walking through Maplewood Middle School. Let me tell you that right now. <laughs> I was listening to DMX in my in my woodland camo cargo shorts oh, and my no. Jordan Eleven lows. That was fire. Oh no. What was going through your mind in eighth grade to start up a company? Like, obviously, that's not something common in, you know, an eighth grade student. Was it just something you were interested in or you really thought you were going to continue it, like, further on in the future? Was it just something, like, spontaneous? You know what? Let me just try it. I mean, at the time in eighth grade, I didn't really think of it so much as, like, starting a company. Um, I remember I was messing around on some of, like, the... uh, the Spreadshirt websites where, like, you can use their clip art and stuff like that and text and then, like, get shirts printed. So I was messing around on that, and um, I came up with a design that I liked at the time, which was, like, the Seal of New Jersey. And then um, I also came up with the brand name, actually, like, right then. Mm. So it said, like, Straight out of Jersey, Ineffable Clothing Co. Um, so I got, like, 10 of them made. And um, at the time, it was like 120 bucks, which was like all my money at the time. Right. So I like spent all my bread, like because I thought it was cool. And then when they came in, I sold them to kids in the school, mostly my friends. Um, yeah. And like they sold, like there's a feeling you get too, like when you're selling something that you made. Yeah, really and it was crazy, like, like coming to school and seeing kids wearing it like proudly. Like that right. was really cool, right. especially at the time. And then so I did a second shirt, but. I was also, like, really networking over, like, social media. That's when I started getting into social media. So I met a graphic designer from, f- that at the time, I think he was in Florida, too. Uh, he went by Faisal, and he did this dope, like, sneaker-related design. Mm-hmm. And um, he made this one design, and I was like, Shh, like, we need to do a collaboration. Like, this is sick. Right. So on my second T-shirt, I was doing, like, a collaboration with the dude from Florida, which was, like, weird those didn't really like sell as much but i thought it was the coolest shirt right so it was like real fun at the time and then right after that still in eighth grade i got like a custom socks made like it was just like uh the logo at the time which was like a sign language i uh heat pressed on like a bunch of nike dry fit socks Mm -hmm. and it was like cool at the time that was the trend back then too with the whole yeah it was like it was actually on like the front end of that trend um like i knew about it because 
eighth grade is also when I started to become like a sneakerhead, so I knew about all that stuff going on. Right. Um. So yeah, I had some kid I met over Facebook like print those, you know. How, how was like sneakers? How how did that help you with like your business sense too? Because like, I'm I'm from like a I don't know. I feel like an old head sometimes, man. Because I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't know how to operate bots or any of that stuff. And, you know, I, I just pull up to the store. If they have it, they have it. If not, old I don't school. Know, I don't know how these like kids are doing it now. I'm like, yo, y'all be having like 30 pairs of like the same kicks. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, how did that influence you? Like, at the, I think it was right at the end of eighth grade, or it might have been uh, around the holiday time of that year. Um, I wanted a pair of Jordans. I never owned a pair of Jordans because. Uh, my parents wouldn't spend over, I think it was like 50 bucks for a pair of shoes. So we'd just go to uh, Bob's and I'd go to like the clearance yeah. rack. And like, you know, you'd find good stuff. I wasn't complaining at the time. But like 7th uh. and 8th grade was when I was like, man, like I want to get fresh. Like which at the time, that's what it was. Right. So I remember my mom told me, I can't remember if it was for my 8th grade graduation gift or for my birthday that year. But she told me she'd get me my first pair of Jordans. But that I had to, like, camp out for them or do whatever I had to do to get them. She would give me the bread. So I camped out at uh, Union, New Jersey, Foot Locker. And then um, when the store opened, they sold out, like, two people in front of me. So I didn't even get the pair. I camped, whatever, since 3 in the morning up until their 10 o'clock opening. That was my first camp out experience ever. So later that day, I met some kid in, this, in, in New York City that had them, like, in my size. He sold them to me for like 30 bucks over box price. Right. So I got my shoes, got home. And then I was like, wait, he just made like profit off me. I was like, that's pretty easy money. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you get a pair of shoes, you sell it for 30 bucks over. That's 30 bucks that I didn't have. Right. So that's when I really developed a business mind. And like that summer, I went real hard with the reselling. Like there were a couple like weeks in a row where I was getting like 30 pairs. Wow single-handedly yeah and that was all that was and that was before the online thing came about like that was all in person raffles first come first serve my parents were driving me around like i didn't have a car obviously i was like 14 and like how how did your parents feel about that yeah so they supported it yeah they loved it because like (laughs) i was being financially like responsible and independent like Wow. They, I was never, like, spoiled or anything. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm from, like, a poor family. I'm not. No. But it's like my dad's a public school teacher. My mom works for a nonprofit. Like, it's not like we have a lot of bread either. Mm-hmm. Um, And I never, like, had stuff handed to me. Like, they're not in the fashion industry or anything like that. You're, just, so, you're comfortable. You're doing well. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. like, but, like, in eighth grade, when I really started, like, hustling sneakers and stuff, and I also, at the time, I think I started in seventh grade, actually. My first time ever making money, my first job, so to say, I promoted teen club nights. I lied about my age, told them I was like 18 or whatever so I could promote them. Yeah. Yup. <laughs> the good old days. Yup. <laughs> bliss. Shout out Bliss. Oh yes. So like once a week I was making like a couple hundred bucks, you know, off making like a Facebook page and like just blasting people with it. And people hated me. Like that's when people really like started like not fucking with me, but it's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was my first. So that was like my first time making money. So from like seven, eh, like... I'd say the beginning of eighth grade on, I was pretty much, like, 100%, like, financially independent. Mm. My parents were still, like, you know, giving me dinner and all that stuff, like, necessities, you know what I'm saying? But, like, Mm. if I wanted to, like, go get a polo or, like, some Jordans or or print more T-shirts and put more money into that, like, that was all me, 100%. All all your wants were, like, you were able to financially. Yeah, and my business from the jump. 
from the jump was all me. Like, yeah. I would have to start with getting one pair. Maybe that, you know, three weeks later, I can afford to get two pairs to flip, mm-hmm. so on and so forth, until I was getting like 30 pairs. Right. So you understand at an early age, it's crazy because like you really understood like the concept of like breaking things down in overhead. You know what I'm saying? Because like yeah. a lot of people like they might just go buy kicks and it's like wear it. Like I know people that will wait online and just buy kicks just to wear yeah. it. And there's sit. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, nothing wrong with it too. But like at the same time, you're trying to like progress yourself and better yourself. Yeah. In a positive way, but like more so in an entrepreneurial sense, like. You're not the type to you're not the type to me that that wants to work a nine to five for the rest of his life. Like I, I will can, never I work you. for the man. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> I, I got the same mentality too. Was like, I see you being stable as an entrepreneur as yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I dropped the sneaker thing, um, but like eighth grade, maybe the beginning of ninth, I was going hard with it. Like, yeah. although clothing was my passion, the money wasn't there. Like. I was getting collections made and selling five units out of whatever, 50. Like, I was not even coming out even. So the only way for me to make more clothes was for me to resell sneakers. The only reason I was going so hard was so I could make more clothes. And even now, like, the clothing business is profitable, but all that money is going back into it. And that's why each time I'm putting out more pieces in a collection and getting, you know, higher quantities made and working with better factories and stuff. It's just because I have more money to put in. Right. Yeah, the same thing with Drew. Um, we, my brother Drew and I, when close minded, we were talking about that. There's been times when we broke even. So sometimes we just had like just things just sitting. It's just yeah. been sitting, you know. We got to flip it. How are we gonna move it? But then like now, we started noticing ourselves profiting. But then we're like, yo, what are we doing differently? Yeah. And it's like there has to be some reason why we're not selling it and how to, to start pushing things in a different direction. So you know, we started either doing small smaller quantities. And then just sticking to the, you know, organicness of the collection, like stronger campaigns, you know, it is hard because you kind of get frustrated at times. You're like, damn, I really wish people saw it's the potential. It's super discouraging. In, like, I'm, what I have. I'm so glad we're talking about this because people don't really don't understand like the fact of self-funding and the entrepreneurial aspect to this. Because I can say the same right. thing about me when I start DJing. It, it was all me. I had to literally figure out, all right, how much am I going to make in a month? what can I buy with that money? And it was always like that, you know what I mean? So it was like you said, like your money always goes back to what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard. Like when you're young and that's the only money you have. And it's like, wow, I just made all this money. But then you're like, but I need to buy this, right. but I need to keep doing this. So it's not really your money. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, like a college refund. It's capital, like a college refund check. You're just building that capital <laughs> to expand, you know? Exactly. Like, there's people, I, I got friends that they get, paychecks every two weeks and i'm like damn like this is a nice check like i wish i was getting a nice check like this but then i'm like yo i understand that like that can it goes fast too just as quick as you get it but like, when you're working on the business and starting a foundation you know you really want it to be grounded so bi-weekly pay is the death of america it That's is all i'm saying it is <laughs> it's I, so I believe bad in entrepreneurship man it's so bad yeah but like, i think it's so important that you found something a passion of yours at such a young age because I found my DJing in freshman year of high school. And and to this day, people are graduating college and still haven't found something they're interested in. And it's crazy how we all kind of found something super early on, super right. early. Because we got to understand that's early. Middle school is early. Early high school is that's, that's you know, early for people to start thinking about their future, yeah. you know. And I think we should really appreciate that and kind of let people know like 
to start thinking about stuff like that. You know, like right. what you want to do for the rest of your life if you don't want to work for the man. <laughs> or at least start early. Like I know there's people that made fun of me. You know, I started making pins and stuff like that. Just little things trying to push. But like now they hit me up talking about, yo, I want to start a brand too. And I'm just like, yo, I'm not going to clown you or anything like lot. that. I'm going to help you. Because you know what? You didn't know at the time. Like I can understand why it must have seemed like I was a joke. But like I was taking my stuff seriously, taking myself seriously. And like, you know, you know who's taking themselves seriously. And that makes you want to work with them. Like I'm 21, Zach's 17. And like when I met him, I was older than him. I'm like, yo, I see the potential in him. So it's like. You know, keep working with them, support them, always make sure you you show in love because I didn't have anybody to show me love at that time, 2011, 10. Like people would just be into themselves. Yeah. Like this is the time to experiment, the time to make mistakes that we don't have the the biggest responsibilities on our shoulders right now. Yeah. You know, like this is really the time to really do that. We don't have kids or anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, That's I, what I always not that think I know about. <laughs> like. When I release a collection, if it's successful, like, there's a period of time after it sells where, like, I'm doing real good. And then it's time to fund the next collection. And, like, I'll go from, like, a real high point to, like, having zip zero money while that collection's in production. And, like, I don't know. I think a lot of people that start brands uh, are kind of in it for the money off the jump which makes absolutely no sense starting a brand is the easiest way to lose money mm-hmm. like i lost so much like i remember um i think it was like the summer going into freshman year was my first time ever doing a cut and sew order with a factory overseas and uh the measurements were completely wrong which was a mistake on my part it was like a one thousand dollar order which at the time was huge for me absolutely. huge yeah. And I remember it came in and nothing was sellable. Like, I just had to eat it and, like, start, like, from the jump again and, like, hustle my ass off to get back to where I was. Oh, yeah, no. That's hard, too, man. Like, explain, like, cut and sew process because a lot of people think it's so simple. You know, like, sublimation is not even cut and sew, first of all. Like, that is a hard concept to do. Yeah, and also people don't even consider that when doing a brand. Right. They, they're so stuck on putting something on a T-shirt that they don't even think about the hard work of actually making something themselves. Yeah. So, so the, but that's actually a jump from doing just prints to doing cut and sew. So, yeah, like, what what made you want to do that jump? I mean, it's, like, there's some brands that are real good with, like, graphics and stuff that can make, like, dope tees, you know, dope hoodies, whatever. Like, personally, I'm real bad with graphics, but I was really good with, like, color blocking and, like, you know creating new silhouettes and stuff along those lines so mm-hmm. and additionally like at the time i really wanted to just distinguish myself from like other kids printing t-shirts or whatever so that was my way in um and i was just always good at networking and stuff so when the opportunity ar- arose like oh zach because i had designs that were cutting so it's just i didn't know how to get them produced so that first order i had like a middleman do it so i like pretty much had him go off a mock-up in a size chart yeah now um you know there's a lot that goes into it from like the initial flat sketch which is going to be like your mock-up from there you have to make a whole tech pack which is pretty much like step by step for the factory how you want every little stitch how every little measurement is incisions everything you have to be on point yeah like like some like a simple bomber jacket can be a 20 page long pdf for the factory and like i've only like i i really learned about tech packs within like the last year i'd say um and i think everyone can like say like if if you buy like a piece from each collection i've released you can definitely like 
recognized the last collection where I didn't like know how to uh, make tech packs, and then like the collection I did because like there's a big difference like between like letting the factory like guess how you want something to be, and then telling them exactly how you want something to be. Like if if you have a good factory and you know what you're doing in regards to a tech pack, your your pieces are gonna come out exactly how you want them to, and if they came out how like and you're not happy that means you messed up on your tech pack it doesn't mean that the factory messed up right because they can duplicate anything it's just specifically how you want it to yeah yeah how also how how do you feel about like cutting so it's tough though because i remember starting off to myself and like just working with manufacturers and stuff like that even like the ones in china like you know, sometimes they don't they don't even know what you're talking about and you have to work on that and stuff like that. Like I mean it just depends who like, you're working with. Like that. um the factory I worked with before this this is actually the first time I'm working with this factory for a full collection. I've sampled with them in the past and was super happy working with them except their minimums were way too high and I couldn't reach them. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to, you know, work it out with them until for this collection. Up until now I was uh, working with the factory in Pakistan, and uh, it was real cool at the time. Like, for the most part, they could produce what I wanted, but it was kind of inconsistent in regards to quality. And then additionally, like, sometimes I'd come up with certain designs that they weren't capable of producing. So I'd kind of, like, settle for a little less and just, like, accept it. Like, oh, this is the best they could do, whatever. Now it's, like, whatever I design can get made, which is an amazing feeling and i think the fall collection not not coming up this weekend but starts in october like i think people will really recognize like shit like he's the top sex yeah <laughs> leveled up yeah 100 percent. like yeah. this this collection like it works really it's like super fluent and the quality is unreal like I, i'm I super the, I happy love, with i love it. the um the souvenir jackets yeah thank it's crazy. you it's yeah, crazy. I tried to make him, like, a little different. Because, like, I feel like a lot of people are doing those satin bombers. And what people don't realize is this collection was supposed to release at the beginning of the summer, at the latest. And I was working with mm-hmm. a factory in Bangladesh on it that I never worked with before. And they just, like, fucked me over. Right. That wasted two months of time. So I was now two months behind. I was supposed to already have the collection released, and I didn't even have samples. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and that's that's hard too. Like even with samples, like sometimes you gotta pay everything. So you gotta pay the DHL, you gotta pay the shipping, all that. Yeah. And it's like, yo, when I get the sample, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, yo, do I want to take the risk and just get the whole order in, or just like, you know, just pay that fee? The way I try to think of like samples, I get them made in my size, so it's like, right. Yeah, like I need to pay a sample fee, but like that's probably what I pay out of the store for something comparable, and like. It's my own. Like, I'm going to wear it. So that's how I kind of look at it. Yeah. And you know off the rip, like, what do I have to change and everything like that? Yeah. Like, chances are, like, when I'm wearing my brand stuff, it's a pre-production sample. Yeah. You ever think about learning other languages so you can work in other countries? Mm. You were in Japan recently, actually. Yeah. I got back from Japan last week, I think. Yeah, last week. Or do more people speak English there than we think? Uh, No, not many people do. I thought more people would speak English, actually. Um, Like... There's a few, like, the younger generation, they learn English in school, but, like, adults there, they might know hello, you know what I mean, or sorry, or thank you, or, like, shit, you know? But, like, <laughs> they don't, you know, it's it was kind of hard. Fuck you. Yeah, no, <laughs> they all know, like, English curse words. Um. So, yeah, there is, like, a language barrier, but, like, it worked out. It was fine. Um, I've 
I mean, I think it would help if I, like, learned some languages, but, like, I'm just, like, real bad at that kind of stuff, you know? Like, <laughs> like in, my, in, in Colombia, the high school I went to, like, you're supposed to take a language for, like, three years. It's not required, but, like, a lot of colleges require it, I guess, so, like, yeah. they tell you to. Mm-hmm. I did so bad in Spanish my freshman year that when sophomore year came, they told me it just made sense for me to stop taking it since I wouldn't learn anything anyway. Right. So, like, <laughs> and the Spanish being, like, what's supposed to be, like, an, you know, one yeah. of the easier languages to learn from English, and, like, I just couldn't Butchered pick it. much up. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we talk a little bit about Saturday, what we got going on? Yeah, so Saturday, um, I'm having a pop-up shop and release party for my summer collection at a Stronghold Shop in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Uh, it's being hosted by Joel Santana from Dipset. Uh, got some other people coming through. Arizona Ice Tea sponsoring it, so have like 200 tall cans of Arizona coming through. Um, <laughs> so that'll be dope. I feel uh, like Joel Santana. <laughs> it's gonna be crazy. the The collection's gonna be for sale, um, and it doesn't go online until Sunday. So it's like a way for you know locals to like get a hold of the collection before everyone else, and right. you know try stuff on and feel it in person. Uh, network we got uh my man nknx dj that's gonna be dope it's just gonna be like good vibes flex bomb flex bomb it's it's heavy it's heavy yo (laughs) new york (laughs) i need the spanish drop la mega (laughs) oh my god (laughs) flex be dropping like a a, every every jay-z song all the time all the time every back play that back Yo, Yo, we need shout out to Funk Flex, man. We need you on the show one of these days. Yeah, we're gonna get him on here for sure. He's not gonna come into the station. He's not gonna let you finish a song. <laughs> he won't even let me talk. <laughs> <laughs> let me talk my shit real quick. <laughs> it's gonna be his show, and I'm okay with that. He can have the show. <laughs> like, yo, that's dope, man. You, you got Arizona's coming in, like, yeah, the Arizona cool sponsorship is awesome, so man. cool. Like, I like that. I um. Like, you know, with with most pop-up shops, they have, like, an alcohol sponsor, and yeah. that just wasn't going to work. A, I don't drink, <laughs> you know, so, like, I'm not going to have an event, you know, with Hennessy sponsoring or whatever. Right, right. Additionally, like, <laughs> Rose. all the little Patron. homies coming through, like, I can't no have Stronghold shut down because I have a bunch of minors, like, in there drinking, and I just don't want it to be that type of event. So I'm thinking, like, shit, what am I going to do about drinks? Mm-hmm. So I was like... I was talking to my dad in the car, actually. I'm like, I'm about to just, like, go to a bunch of corner stores and buy, like, all the Arizona tall cans they have and, like, yeah. do it that way. And I was like, actually, matter of fact, I'm just going to reach out to them because, like, chances are they'd sponsor the event. So the hardest thing was, like, figuring out who I'm supposed to email. So I'd, like, do a bunch of research on who manages their public relations and all that. Yeah. I sent an email, like, on my plane on the way to Japan, I think. And then, uh, or actually, I sent a message to the woman's LinkedIn account because I couldn't find her email. (laughs) Yeah, she replied back and was like, she was like, send this message to my my work email, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm going to have someone from my team, like, take care of it. So it sounded good. So I was like, bet. Sent it to her work email. Didn't hear back. It was like six days later. I was flying home from Japan. So I sent a follow-up email. And then, like, within the hour, got, like, an email from someone else at Arizona, like, hey, Zach, we'd love to be a part of this event. You know, we just need the following info, which was, like, delivery info. Wow. So they're, like, damn. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and, like, Arizona, like, not only is, like, 
cool as fuck but like i've been drinking arizona since like third fourth grade so it's kind of crazy that now like i'm working with them in the sense you know right it's gonna be real cool i'm excited that's like the perfect sponsor like who else am i gonna get sponsored like capri sun like oh no sunny d yeah we need tall cans in there tang tall cans i said i told them i was like i was like i need the tall cans not like the little bougie side you know the tall cans (laughs) not lunchbox lunchbox ones not the the 50 cent cans Mm -hmm. in new york or like the uh (laughs) the the juice box ones have you seen like oh pack it's a joke (laughs) you know they have nachos what arizona nachos oh yeah side note arizona's sending through an unreleased flavor you're lying yeah they said it in the email you should have put that on the fly it's uh it's the uh arnold palmer but mango Flex bomb, flex bomb. <laughs> we got some exotic juices. We got Juel Santana. Yeah. Yo, what else could you ask for, yo? <laughs> like, what? It's gonna be insane. <laughs> how, how did that happen too? Like with um Juels? Like, yeah. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, he's very local, isn't he? <coughs> he I mean, in, he was in. He hangs out a lot. He, yeah. he started. Yeah. He started shopping at Stronghold like within the last couple months um and just kind of coming through and you know mike and him developed a good relationship so i already had in the back of my head you know a couple celebrities that i was going to invite to just you know stop by or whatever and i got a call uh last week from mike the store owner that said you know joel's really fucking with your stuff i was talking about the event and he was like hey let me host it you know do a meet and greet whatever so i was like on the phone like dope like if we can make that happen, that would be awesome. So all three of us kind of worked it out so that we all could benefit from it and just kind of came to fruition. He signed the contract yesterday. Like, it's official. Damn. It's not just like, you know, you guys are going to be waiting there. Like, where the fuck's Joel's at? He's going to be there right. at 6. You heard that? Be at 6. And you're like, yo, um, we're just going to take a 15-minute break right now. We covered a lot. Quick we just break. told y'all we're going to have flavored Arizona, the mango Arnold Palmer. This we got Saturday. coming at 6. He's actually coming, so it's not one of those. And he's actually coming at 6. It says 6 on the <laughs> flyer, and we don't just mean, like, you know, we're going to put 6 and we want people to come by 7. Like, it's yeah, yeah. actually starting at 6 because we're not trying to get shut down by Bloomfield Police it's Department. It's only two hours, people. Yeah. That's it. So you can come still go six. to the club after. The feds ain't stopping us. Now we're going to this break. Plus, we're having crazy Arizonas there, so and they're going to be gone by 7. Say for the block, not even for the cops. Say they say for the block, not even 
same old Bobby, same old Pete
So, girl, let me see you get low. Here go, yeah, just like that. Move it like a boomerang and come right back. Here go, I don't need to ask. I proceed to grab a chick's love, my cheat up swagger. Here go. Here go, damn, show me look good, and I'm thinking about getting at her. Okay, time to whistle at her. Hey, girl, you made my whistle blow. Here go, bring it here, baby. Come on. Here go, bring it here, baby. Come on. Hey, girl, let me see you get low. Here go, sit it down, baby. Here go, sit it down, baby. Oh, here go, it's dipset. Oh, here go. Shout out Jules, man. It's funny because like he was my mood for this whole summer, <laughs> like legit my whole summer. I'm between that. He's the mood for every summer, every yeah. It should be like a natural like anthem. This was 2009. I used to get in trouble for watching this music video. <laughs> I used to get in trouble for watching um D4L Laffy Taffy video. Yeah, <laughs> back in my day. My parents were like, what are you watching? I'd watch, like, MTV jams and, like, there'd be, you know, girls shaking their butts on my mom's TV screen. Like, she did not like it. What is this? <laughs> One of the suggested videos is Tremillionaire. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Oh, this video is crazy. You're like Big Brody. Oh shit. Wow, he looked old back then. Damn. I remember when this song came out, I was so young. That was like when all the kids like made the little remixes, like trying to catch me white and dirty, like oh, yeah. mowing my front lawn. You know what I'm saying? White and dirty. <laughs> yeah. There were some real funny ones. Don't um Why don't we talk a little bit about your trip to Japan? Bet. What's something that you wish people knew about that trip? Or something that, you know, you can't really put in a tweet. But you want people to out there to know, like, how your trip went. Yeah, Some crazy story. Illustrate the whole, like... Kidnapped. I don't know. How did this, you know... I wasn't kidnapped, luckily. <laughs> it's actually <laughs> super safe out there. Like, the last night, I went to a uh, professional baseball game in Tokyo. And, like... Wow. People, like, if they got up to go get a drink or food or use the bathroom, they, like, leave all their shit there. Like, so there was, like, a businessman next to me that completely left his laptop, like, in the bag, like, just sitting there. Yeah. Like, with not a care. Like, just didn't worry. He knew it wouldn't get stolen. I mean, I, if anyone stole it, he knew it would have been me because I'm, like, the American there. But <laughs> Japan's, like, super duper safe. Yeah, I, I, I believe too, it. When I was in China, like, you know, like, the whole, like, there's not any crime. 
Like they're like, yo, yeah, we don't really have much crime out here. There's like, no there's crime in Japan because people die if you do something. Yeah. Like you steal a wallet, you die in that country. If you have like a dime bag there, you go to jail for years. Yeah, yeah, like it, I remember that. Their punishments are crazy. Don't ask me why, but yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> bars on the run. I was trying to go to jail. <laughs> Didn't get caught. <laughs> the key word is if you get caught. That's it, man. But like, yo, Japan. How was the flight? First of all, <laughs> long, <laughs> really long. Like the way there was direct from Newark, so it was just long as shit. I slept the whole time. Oh man! Then the way home stopped in Los Angeles because like there wasn't a direct flight. Right. So that day just you know was, was super like long and 18, boring. Eighteen and hour flight? Or no. I don't know. Something crazy. Something less, I think. It's like it's like over twelve, maybe sixteen. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. It was crazy though, and like. With the time change and stuff, it just, like, really messes you up. Right. But um, the craziest thing from that trip had to have been, like, shooting the lookbook out there. Um, I'm sure, like, a bunch of people listening have seen it. Um, but I don't think, like, anyone knows really, like, the story behind it. So, like, pretty much what happened was I knew I wanted to shoot the lookbook in Japan. And, like, the trip was, just, like, already in fruition, whatever. But I needed, like, a model. You know what I mean? <coughs> Excuse me. So... I, like, started hunting through, like, Japanese streetwear brand Instagram pages, like, WTAPs and Neighborhood and all those, and, like, clicking to see, like, pictures they were tagged in, so, like, they're fans, you know what I mean? Right. Majority of which live in Tokyo, so I would, like, scroll through until I see, like, a look I like, then, like, you know, take down their Instagram. So, like, I had, like, a wall with, like, a list of, like, Instagrams, like, teenagers from Tokyo that, like, could have been good models so this was like the one that teens out there so yeah so this is the one that really stuck out and he had like an email in his instagram bio and everything so i was like this might work so i sent him an email so this is the first person i reached out to replied back like with good english Mm. so emailing back and forth setting the whole thing up and then he tells me he's like i don't speak a word of english like my friend's been like helping me with all the emails so like i'll shoot for you like that would be amazing but um like i need a translator like i need you to hire a translator so i'm like all right fine so i'm like trying to like find like a translator to hire which you'd think would be really easy like an easy google search it's not so i ended up going on tokyo craigslist oh man yeah and like finding like a like translator on the tokyo craigslist so like i set this all up before i go to japan oh yeah and additionally like I knew specifically where I wanted to shoot the lookbook, which was in Shinjuku, which is like a district of Tokyo. Had this one area really cool. But my hotel was in Shibuya, so like we couldn't use the hotel as a home base. And like Japan's not like New York where you can like change on the street and get away with it. You know what I mean? So like I booked an Airbnb. Mm. So there were like these three big variables like going into the shoot day. Like is the model going to show up? Is the translator going to show up and be legit? And am I going to be able to get into this Airbnb? So, like, I was running with that. So, like, I get there. I was able to get the key relatively easy, like, for the Airbnb. But then, like, the owner of the place, like, sent me, like, a PDF with all the information. It had everything in detail except what room number it was in this apartment building. I can't. So, like, I had this key and I'm just keying into doors. Like, running around, like, keying into doors. Like, thanks, man. <laughs> um, And, like, meanwhile... Like, I had to have my mom book it under her name because, like, I'm not 18. Mm. So I'm, like, texting my mom, like, hit them up. Say we're here. Like, you know, say you don't know what room number it is. So, like, after I key into, like, two floors of room, she's, like, it's on the 10th floor. (laughs) So, like, I get to the 10th floor and, like, 
you know, key into a couple in like one hit. So I'm in. <laughs> so <you> just, <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> it's like 20 minutes after I'm supposed to meet the model and the translator, like in the front of the building, and we don't have any contact because I can't use my cell phone out there. Like I'm not trying to, you know, pay yeah. that much. So we could only communicate on Wi-Fi, which neither of us had at the time. Yeah, that's, a, that's a little setback for you because you've Jesus. never been there. I'm like, sweating. It's hot as yeah. balls out there, like 95 degrees. Like, I was just thrown off. And, like, you know, I was like, fuck, there's no way it's going to work out smoothly from here. Right. Anyway, it did. Like, I threw my suitcase in the uh, Airbnb, ran downstairs, and, like, the model's there. So that was cool. Then, and he, like, wasn't a catfish. You know what I'm saying? Like, he looked <laughs> how he looked on Instagram. You'd be surprised. Then, like, I'm like, oh, let's just wait here, see if, like, the translator comes. At this point, it's, like, 30 minutes after the translator said he'd be there. Okay. Finally, I, like, see this, like, white guy walking down the street, like, clearly looking for someone. So, like, we met eyes, and he's like, no way. It's like, are you Zach? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, amazing, like, blah, blah, blah. Google Maps took me around the corner, blah, 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 like, in fluent English. And then he, like, starts talking to the model in, like, really fluent Japanese, and, like, we just... It was, like, unreal, like, just, like, to witness. and like Everything just made sense there. <laughs> and the model told him in Japanese, he told me after, he, the model told him off the bat in Japanese, like, like, were you born in Japan? Like, you sound native. But he wasn't. He just lived there for 12 years. And, like, this is what he does for a living. He, like, typically works with, like, businessmen and, like, goes to meetings and stuff like that and, like, translates for him. That's awesome. So we, like, go up to the Airbnb, get him in the first look. Like, I explain the shoot to both of them, get him on the same page. And, like, they were both, like, real dope. Like, Translator was pretty young and, like, with the shits. Like, he was wearing, like, a DC Shoes t-shirt. Like, told me his wife worked for, like, Quicks- Quicksilver or whatever. Wow. That's cool. And he told me how excited he was because, like, it was just different from, like, his average day. And, like, you know, typically, like, his work day is going to be pretty boring. And, like, he was really excited for this. So, That's like, really off the bat, fun. we start walking to the first location. And it was just insane because, like, the model's, you know, speaking to the translator and then having the translator tell me stuff. And he's like... You know, my favorite person's Luca Sabat. Like, what did you think of Ian getting snuffed? Like, I thought it was really funny. <laughs> what? Like, this is a kid from Japan. Like, it was the funniest thing. Like, instantly we were just like, we n- knew the same things because of the internet. And, like, we connected. And he was asking about, like, certain things that, like, happened with the brand. Like, how'd you get, you know, Kanye the jacket? Stuff like that that, like, you know, made press or Whoa, whatever. hold up. Oh, man, I just forgot about that. We'll touch on yeah. it in a second. Yeah, yeah. I love, yeah. How, I love how that's international news, though. Just the whole over so the whole easy. Ian thing, like that's actually it's hilarious. It's a, and and at the time, Ian was in uh, he was in Japan, and like I had back and forth with him via text because I was trying to link with him, and just didn't work out or whatever. Um, same thing with like J Stash, but uh, anyway, so it's just really funny, and like the whole time. He was telling me how appreciative he was that, like, I found him and selected him. And, like, you don't get that in America. Like, in Japan, everyone is so thankful. It's, like, unreal. Like, it's really humbling. And it was real cool. So the shoot went amazing. And um, I shot all the pictures myself, which I was a little nervous about because I haven't been doing a lot of photography lately. But it came out really good, and I'm really happy with it. But, like, that whole experience, like, talking with the translator, talking with the model was unreal. And then the model told me that he, like, wanted to get dinner with me after so I was like, all right, bet, like, that would be cool. But, like, the translator is not going to be there. So the translator, like, explained it to him. We, like, set it up where we were going to go with the translator. And then the translator left. Then, like, something came up. The model got a call from, like, his girlfriend. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. He then called a different one of his friends who could speak Japanese and English, was talking to his friend in Japanese, handing me his phone so I could hear what he said in English, talk to his friend in English, and then hand the phone back so on and so forth so it turned out that like his girlfriend was in some sort of like trouble 
in Shibuya. We were in Shinjuku, and like he had to he had to leave. So I was like, oh man, like that sounds that's like crazy. an episode to some show, Not like a movie. Like yeah. I didn't really know what was going on, but like trouble. she sounded in distress or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Like you know, go ahead. He was like, can you come with me? I want to get dinner with you still. I was like, eh, I'm really hungry, bro. Like, <laughs> so he was like, one sec, called her, worked it out, like so that she would come meet us in Shinjuku. So like we go to the train station to meet her. Mm. She's like crying. And like with another guy and like it was like this whole emotional thing. I didn't know what was going on. I still don't. But like then he like brought her over. She still like has tears in her eyes and like gives me a hug. What? And it's like she speaks a little English. So she's like, it's so nice to meet you. Hello, whatever. So we went and got sushi. And that experience was so cool. Like yeah. getting like sushi with two locals that are like young and fun. And like it was just real interesting. Real In Japan. There, though. Definitely. That's, that's cool. That was real cool. I was just going to ask you what you guys eat, but that's, I guess, we a dumb question. sushi, <laughs> which is like the most, you know, stereotypical meal in Japan. But like while I was out there, I ate different like types of Japanese food. All of it being like how about real how about traditional. The, the culture out there too, because I'm dying to go to Tokyo, Japan, all that. Like like in regards to streetwear or like street in general? Wear. Streetwear. It's interesting because like the style out there is like what it was in New York in 2012. Like like Marcelo Berlone and like Givenchy that's still really cool to them you know yeah. what I mean like if you have like that tee with like the snakes around the neckline like you're the shit which is really funny because if you wear that out here you're a cornball like the Rottweiler shirts exactly I love that stuff exactly yeah. yeah so there's that there's like uh I swear like in Shibuya around the corner from Bape there's like a little store it's literally called the hood store <laughs> and it sells like fake hood by air and like basketball jerseys and like it's really funny the hood store yes so there's like a bunch of like every like part of tokyo has like a different sense of fashion i guess so like in shinjuku it was like really gothic and like weird and then like shibuya you have like a lot of like hype beasts and streetwear heads some of which are like you know in tune with like what's going on in the u.s so they're wearing you know adidas yeezys whatever supreme Supreme is, like, big out there, but, like, some of the stuff that sells out here instantly sits there, and it's just, like, sitting in their store. Like, uh, it was crazy. I walked in the... And also, like, they have a Supreme store. Like, they have a bunch of Supreme stores and a bunch of vape stores in Tokyo. That's right. Like, one in every district. I remember seeing online, I'm like, why does Japan have... Like, you can walk to three Supreme stores. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can walk to one, walk to the next, walk to the third. the same radius. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I remember I went to Supreme Harajuku. It was the first, like, full day there I wanted to go. And they had, like, the, uh, I don't know if you remember when they had, like, the fuck denim collection. Yeah. Well, they had the tote bag from it for sale. Still. Yes. It was just a weird thing. They found it in the back or whatever. In my head, you know, retail's a little higher there. So in my head, I'm like, eh, I'll think about it. Maybe come back tomorrow whatever. Yeah. Of course, I get home or back to the hotel, and I'm like, shit, these are worth a lot, like, be kind of cool to have so i went back the next day of course it's gone but it was just insane the fact that they had that right you know what i mean so and bape there also is like still super relevant so every saturday like there's a line outside of bape and they have to do a raffle system to like figure out like the order you go into the store it's like so not just for collaborations wow. like on a normal saturday drop they it's have so, that so opposite over here bape is empty Unless there's a big collaboration. But, like, on a normal Saturday, there's not going to be a line. You just walk Mm -hmm. in. 
You know what I mean? And Supreme is the other hand. It's a line. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's going to be lines out there for Supreme, too, but it's different. It's a different culture. Like, now in New York, they don't let you camp overnight at Supreme. Like, they give you a bracelet the night before because, you know, they can't have the fights and all that. Yeah. In Japan, it's, like, super orderly. Like, there's rules to follow. Like, you're not allowed to smoke in line. Like, you keep your voice down. You have to be, like, four across in, like, a perfect row. It's really interesting. Like, you can Google, like, Supreme, you know, Shibuya Campout, Supreme Harajuku Campout. It's really cool. Don't they have that everywhere in Japan where there's, like, certain spots you can stand for the bus stop? Like, like, I mean, everything's super organized. Like, they've figured out everything. Like, even when there's, like, a big, like, uh, stair set, like, if you have to, like, walk over, like, a pedestrian bridge to go, like, over one of the busy roads. They have, like, a strip where it's not stairs. So, like, if you have a stroller or, like, a suitcase or something, you can walk up the stairs while wheeling it. Like, they just figured out everything. The infrastructure is different. I went to, like, a a sushi place there. And, like, if you order a beer, they had, like, a machine that, like, poured it perfectly and, like, put foam on the top at the end. It was, like, the craziest thing. And, like, they have some places where, like, robots are the attendants. Like, I went to an arcade. And, like, you're welcome. Like, you're greeted by a robot. That's so weird. It was a tweet. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Japan's insane. It really is really. It was an amazing experience. Did you um? Did you get to stop by like Nigo store or anything? Yeah, I went to um. Yeah, literally Nigo store, which I didn't realize. Like Nigo store, literally called Nigo store, is not an actual store. It was like a window in a wall. Yeah. Oh wow. It's a little. I didn't realize that going into it. I wanted to buy a T-shirt, you know, like from Human Made. So yeah, I did do that. I visit a ton of stores. I know he has a cafe too. Like I'm just like yo. Yeah, that was the only Nigo spot I stopped by. It's like right by um Great Tokyo, which is like uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a super high end, but it's weird because it's like in the middle of a mall. But they don't have their own storefront. It's like they set up in the middle of like a mall aisle, but it's like super high end. Right. Like if you could not do that in the U.S., people would just like run up on it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's also by, like, the uh, neighborhood store and stuff. It's fire. So you're saying the people in Japan dress like 2012 New York, but they sell modern clothes? I mean, it just depends. But, like, there's still people dressing like, you know, 2012 in New York that, like, are looked at as the shit. Mm. You know what I mean? But, like, then there's other people that are, like, like, would be relevant if they came here just different and then like if you go to harajuku it's like all these people like girls that dress up like dolls like legitimately like dolls how i was like the, i know the club scenes out there are fun like compared to out here like it looked fun, fun but though. i'm 17 it's 19 to get in there and they're oh, strict oh dang i was trying to go to uh jay stash's show he wanted to wear uh one of the jackets from the new collection yeah and like he was super busy so he was like the only way to do it is if you just come through to the show i'm like well are you gonna get me in the door He's like, I'll try. So we tried that, and it just didn't work. Oh, man. Yeah. The uh, bouncers there can read next American time, IDs. Next time around, you get in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I knew more people out there, it wouldn't be a problem. Like, I've gotten into up and down out here, whatever, but yeah. without a fake ID. But, you know, out there, it's just... It, I didn't really care that much. I was too tired anyway. It wasn't that big of a deal. It was So it was like, you considered it a business trip or like both? leisure and business and it was both yeah like i i did some touristy stuff too like i visited the uh imperial palace mm-hmm. and uh what else I, I visited like shrines and stuff like i i got the full experience it was it was pretty half and half i'd say that's good yeah 
which is dope because like if you're gonna go to japan you can't only do business and i was out there for long enough that like i was able to do both i was able to like visit with a couple stores about carrying the brand visit with the showroom about managing the brand and you know do the lookbook and all that and then additionally be able to visit all the shrines and stuff which is just unreal that's amazing too like because you're 17 i'm just i'm i'm always just thinking about your age <laughs> yeah like, yo, it's crazy like kids I, I know some kids that haven't even went to new york and they live in jersey yeah you know what I'm saying? Like, and like thing. and like going on a plane's a totally different thing yeah. and it's completely like understandable you know what i'm saying but like yeah yeah that's respect I'm definitely, I like that, you know, I like how also your, your parents supported too, like, that's dope. Yeah, like it like, that. they've always been super, super supportive, like, I love both my parents, but, like, the main thing was, like, the whole college thing, like, mm. it took them a really long time to wrap their head around the idea that I probably wasn't gonna go to college. Like, from freshman year, I wanted to drop out high school. Meanwhile, like, both my parents went to, like, you know, whatever, prestigious colleges, like, my dad's a teacher, my mom, like, at the time was a professor at columbia university like you can only imagine like in their head i was going to an ivy league from like middle school like what are you talking about like (laughs) the typical white parents you know what i mean like oh like my son's gonna be a lawyer and like go to an ivy league and like once freshman year hit like i always tested well and like i was smart but like once freshman year hit i like genuinely wanted to drop out i slept every day in school i fucking hated everyone like it made it very clear and it was just a big wake-up call to everyone like like, the guidance counselors in that school, it seemed like they were having a heart attack. Like, they really... I got to shout out my guidance counselor, uh, Miss Hicks. I shout only graduated Hicks. high school because of her. Like, 100%. Wow. I was able to graduate a year early, too. That's, like, a side note. Hey. Like, I would be in my senior year, like, coming up. Congratulations, man. Thank you. I'm happy for you. That's, that's another thing, too. Like, expectations, you know? Like... You know, our parents, you know, they always want us to go down. Like And my peers, line. too. It wasn't just my parents. There's still kids that would be like, Zach, you know, it's good, like, to have something to fall back on, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, like, they just don't understand. And, right. you know, so depending on who it is, I'm either going to, like, act like I'm listening or just tell them fuck off. But, like, it's annoying. Yeah, exactly. And I hear it way too me. often. And it's like, I don't hate on kids going to college. Like, that's a certain route to take. It depends, like, what you want to do. You know what I mean? If you want to be a doctor... You have to go to college. You can't become a doctor without that degree. But if you're a creative, like, I'm never going to, like, bef- but someone's going to email me one day and be like, yo, I'm about to buy a couple things from your collection. But before I do, can you just, like, show me proof you graduated from college? Like, nobody's ever going to fucking do that. It's based off of your resume, too, and, like, your experience, you know? Yeah, and my someone resume looks a, crazy. have a degree in, like, I don't care where, you know, somewhere prestigious. And then come out and, like, they can't even do the work that you can do. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, is do you have the experience? I learned so much better from experiences too. The work ethic too. Yeah, that takes you. And so And now far. with the internet, the truth is, you can learn anything that you can learn in college. Really, kids are going there now for the social aspect. Which, like, I didn't go to one high school party. Legitimately, did not go to one. I did not socialize at all. Like, that's clearly not my thing. Yeah, so I'm not. Additionally, like, why are you having your parents spend tens of thousands of dollars so that you can go get drunk? Makes no sense. It doesn't. That's true. People don't even know why they're there. They I didn't even DJ high ideas. school parties because they didn't pay. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally it. Now they don't even have DJs. Kids will just like yeah. hop on Pandora. DJ iCloud. Yeah. I mean, like even with school. DJ like, Oxcord. <laughs> like w- one thing I want to talk about is like, you know, for the kids that may be listening out there that are going to college, like, you know, Zach, Zach really, he knows what he's doing. He's been, he put in the work he did in time and like you know obviously we're not going to talk about the whole research that he had to go into doing this stuff you know and the help and support but like don't take this as a as advice to go and drop out or not go to school and stuff like that you know what i mean like 
take your own route and run your own race. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Run your own race because only you know what will take you to the next level and what will progress you in life. Believe in your That's own it. abilities too. Like you gotta know what you can do. Yeah. If and you also can. while you're young, like like uh Abar was saying earlier, like it is the time to take risks. Like you, have to, man. you know what I mean? Like don't be afraid to take a gap year. No. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Go get some bread. Like in my case, it wouldn't have worked. I had to go to college because I wanted to learn more about business. And there's nothing wrong with that. And yeah, but I'm still doing us, my thing. And Kay know? and I were talking about that too. Like that helped us out a lot because we're yo, we know so much now and it's like we can apply it to things and we're just doing better. Yeah. Literally you know, I was and I'm sure there's <laughs> yeah. some stuff I learn if I went to college. It's just I can't do it and yeah. like I know as a fact that I wouldn't be able to sit through one of those courses. Mm-hmm. Like I just know that about myself. I know it won't work and I know I don't have the time anymore. Right. And additionally it's like if I'm able to like support myself and like go on live, I'm not saying I'm like gonna be rich or am rich or anything, I'm not, but it's yeah. like, hey, if I can like put food, you know, in front of me and like actually like live inside whether it's like on a couch or whatever, I don't care. Right. Like I'm enjoying what I'm doing and that's what matters. I, I love that man. I respect that drive, you know. That's and we amazing. wouldn't be in this radio station either. I can't even <laughs> frown, I can't <laughs> even <laughs> frown upon that. I can't. Yeah, no. 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 It's respect. Why don't we end with the topic of Kanye? <laughs> what do you have to say about Kanye? Or your experiences what can with I say? <laughs> or your <laughs> or your experiences with Mr. West. Uh Mr. West. It was like two fashion weeks ago in New York. Um it was when he was releasing his first uh Adidas Yeezy shoe. It was that weekend, the gray ones, and uh I remember like the week before, like telling my friends like I'm gonna get Kanye like some clothes. Yeah. And I wasn't joking. Like, I genuinely thought I'd be able to get him clothes. And clearly, like, that's going to be a goal of mine. You know, why not? So it just was, like, a weird story. Like, the night before, I guess the shoes came out on a Saturday. So it would have been the Friday. I was in the city every day for Fashion Week anyway. I was in a Foot Locker, 34th Street Foot Locker, because I always stop in there on my way to Penn just to see, like, if they have anything worth buying, whatever. Mm. There were uh, women from Adidas corporate there uh talking to the managers there about the release procedure and stuff for the next day i could tell they were from adidas corporate so at the time it's just like why do you have people wearing head-to-toe adidas that are talking to the managers like with lists of like rules and stuff it was just like i don't know like i I knew it at the time it wasn't a regular mo yeah so i didn't (laughs) think of the kanye thing i was like shit i'm about to try to finesse perry easies out of these girls like they're cute whatever like i'm gonna try to mac (laughs) so like when they were done talking to the managers i like started talking to one blah 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 blah. she was like huh i can't really help you but like kanye's gonna be at the uh adidas broadway store at like 9 a.m tomorrow and like we're not advertising it or anything but like you know if you want to go buy like feel free I was like, wow, like, I really appreciate that. So, of course, I'm like, shit, I can just bring the jacket and, like, wait outside the Adidas store when he comes. I'll throw it to him, whatever. So, I get there at 9 or whatever. And, like, uh, he's not in there. So, and there was, like, nobody there either. So, I, like, asked, like, one of the workers, like, uh, has Kanye come yet? And, like, they weren't allowed to say anything about it. So, he was like, Kanye, like, Kanye's not coming, bro. <laughs> Kanye who? Yeah. <laughs> Like, so then I asked like another worker, you know, to see if I get a different answer. And he was like, oh, he was already here. He left. But he's like, like the there's corporate offices like above the store. 
like in this building like he's up there like having a meeting so like all right thank you so i like walked around the back and like found where like his car was like where the driver was Mm -hmm. and of course there's like you know two security guards blah blah blah. like it was pretty obvious he was coming out meanwhile there was like no fans there there was like a group of these kids from boston that were like complete fanboys (laughs) yeah there was them maybe like four or five of them i don't know then there was a filmer from tmz that was it and then i was there with my girlfriend at the time who fucking hated me that day that's another (laughs) story I think it was Valentine's Day or something. That might have been what it was. Like, I think it might have been Valentine's Day, and I, like, dragged her there. You dragged wow. her to see God. It was something. It was something. It was some special day. She didn't want to be there. I apologize in advance. No, and it was fucking freezing, and we had to wait outside for, like, an hour. Anyway, so we're waiting outside. So me being me, walk over to his driver, and, like, or no, I walked over to the security guard first. Security guard was like, oh, that shit's not going to happen. Like, we're not going to let that fly. I said, oh, fuck you. So then I walk over to his driver. I'm like, you mind, like, when Kanye gets in his car, like, tell him, blah, blah, blah. His driver was kind of cool. Anyway, Kanye comes out, whatever, an hour or two later. Like, it was fucking brick, might I add. So he, like, walks out the door, surrounded by security guards. Like, you couldn't even really see him. So I, like, hold up the jacket, and I just, like, shout to him, like, yo, Kanye, made you this jacket, bro. He, like, you see his head, like, poke out, like, above his security guard. <laughs> like, this giant smile when he sees it. He's like, oh, bring me that, bring me that. So I'm like, that. Meanwhile, I told the TMZ filmer what I was doing ahead of time, so, like, I knew I'd get coverage. So, like, I bring over the jacket to Kanye. He, like, looks at it, loves it, whatever. Then he's, like, about to get back in the car, and I'm, like, walking away, and I'm, like, wait, can I give you, like, my business card? He's, like, yeah, of course. So, like, his security guard takes the business card from me and, like, brings it over. So that happened, right? Then I got, I don't think I, there might have been like a cell phone video of it that I posted. I don't really remember. Yeah, I haven't seen the photo. Yeah. People, iconic to me, man. I love people it. have seen the video because I uploaded it to YouTube because the TMZ filmer gave me the rights to the footage. Okay. Because I told them I'd send them clothes, but I never did. Sorry. Um. Anyway, the next day, what people don't know is the next day I went to the Jeremy Scott show, I think it was, at Milk Studios. Uh. And Kanye was there, and he, I approached him, like, he clearly recognized me or whatever, so there was a little interaction there, nothing, like, crazy, but there was that, and that was kind of, that was that, right. that was my experience with Kanye. Um, additionally, like, there was some other stuff, um, the same fashion week, I think it was, like, I forget who posted, Luca or something, it was a picture of, like, Luca, me and Ian, Connor, and then, like, Virgil, like, reposted it, so, like, there was a lot of Kanye-related things going on, yeah. like, so I was hoping something would, like, come about, whether, you know, Donda would reach out, whatever. And, like, eh, nothing's really happened. But it's, least, like, cool knows, waking up. You know? Like, the truth is, if he wears that jacket one day, finds it in his closet, whatever, and wears it, my life will change overnight. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not relying on that, and I don't want that co-sign or anything. I don't care. But it's just cool. Like, you know, know what he, I mean? To know he has it. Or he took it to, from you. you know yeah. What I mean? Like, that's, that's what's up. When I posted the video, I didn't really recognize the significance of him smiling. And people were commenting, like, you don't realize, bro, like, that's a big fucking smile from Kanye. Like, he didn't punch you or anything. I'm like, no. Like, they're like, he really liked it. And, like, what people also don't realize, but I can say it now, is, like, the jacket I gave him was my personal one. It had, like, a hole in it and, like, dust on it. But I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't have another jacket, like, because that jacket was made to order. The only one I had was my personal. And, like I said, I found out the night before, so I couldn't just, like, get one made. So yeah, fun fact. Yeah, that's insane. I love I loved hearing that story, man. It, it's great. 
Like I remember um, Kanye, he wore like Philip Post from Dirtbag stuff. Yeah, that was and that did a lot for them. Did a lot for him too, and like it's big because it's like <coughs> small streetwear brands are really getting that recognition now. Yeah, that was cool. You know, I support it. But even though you didn't get like continued anything continued on that, I got good press as a result of it. Actually, like like uh, shortly after, I want to say that it definitely helped me get this feature without anyone reaching out to me. One day I'm on Google, like I Google my name here and there. Yeah. Like there was an article on MTV that like had my name in the title. I was like, no fucking way click on it turns out it was like mtv germany like they wrote a whole feature on me calling me the future of fashion wow yeah that's insane so i want to say that that might have been you know a result of that i don't know what it was a result of but i'm assuming that kind of got me on their radar i got like a lot of press because of it a lot of music blogs go check that out you know go do some research on zach (laughs) (laughs) not too much (laughs) not too much but yo zach man we really appreciate this, man. I feel like we're going to tie this up right now to the show. Thank you for having me. Seriously, yeah, I really appreciate nah, it. It's, it's been dope. It's been a pleasure, man. I'm, I'm really just sitting here and just like, I'm just happy, man. I'm happy. And I know I know Streetwear's in good hands with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> exactly. We I'm hope happy. we inspired some people Fuck out Hudson. there. <laughs> <laughs> <Hudson>. Sorry. <laughs> and why don't we end no with comment. you kind of saying what your plans are with your brand. Like where you want it to go? Yeah. Kind of. Let's talk about the future a little bit of Ineffable. Yeah. So uh, I graduated high school, so now it's like I can put all my time and effort into the brand. Um, so I have the summer collection dropping this weekend. So that's like a big step forward. And then uh, starting in October, I'm doing like two drops a month, really, like a couple items each drop, and just gonna ride that out starting next year i'm gonna start pushing it into some retailers uh not a million not the malls not stuff like that but you know a few selected stores so it'll be available you know maybe a couple places overseas couple in the states because like stores always hit me up but i'm just not in a position to manage any wholesale accounts and that was because i was in school like i didn't have time to handle everything because i'm the only one doing this you know like yeah yeah so i'm gonna roll that out i might do like my first agenda as like an exhibitor uh, next year so just, that would just be take your time man that would be big yeah yeah don't don't sell out just be organic oh i won't sell out no don't Continue be worried organic. about that no nah, i'm not worried shout out nikki diamonds <laughs> support everyone that's my man's though to be honest like there was one summer he really like like connected with me like i have like i was able to text him and like get advice that's so yeah not many people know about that actually I didn't know about that. Ben witnessed it actually at a SneakerCon New York City. Oh, we got right? Ben over here, man. Yeah, what, what's good with Ben? Let's get Ben what's over here. What's good with Ben? He's he just over here sitting. Here on Site Your Day Radio. He's got, a, he's got a big smile on his face. He, you know what I'm saying? Like, on Site Your Day Radio, we always have people in the cut, and they never get the recognition they should. Because they're here Young too. Young Benny so P. We have to let them know who's here. So, Ben, just introduce yourself, you know? I'm ben Freestyle Edwards. a little bit. <laughs> no, no. Not today. Let who the people you, know who are what who, you. What do you who do? are you? Who, who are you, Ben? I'm uh, Zach's friend. We've been friends for like what ten years, since like kindergarten. You know, damn. Been in, we've been ben has always while. looked out for me and like a day one. Yeah, he's like the only friend that I've had from kindergarten through now. Like a lot of people I w- was friends with, like up until eighth grade, like they're all kind of like burnouts now. So I just can't really like associate with them. Ben's like always been like my best friend, and like it's stayed like that. So it's real cool. Yeah, I love that man. I love it. I got that. That bond going together. That's what's up, man. Shout that out, That brotherly vibe. That love. 
Shout out Ben. And he drinks uh, Sprite Remix. The best Sprite on the market. With no syrup in it. Don't get it twisted. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's very rare right now, man. Very positive. (laughs) All right, we're going to wrap it up here. But thanks again, Zach. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. And I'm excited for you to DJ Saturday. Hey, Saturday. Come out there. Stronghold. Sat your day. Sat your day, <laughs> Stronghold Bloomfield, Ineffable Pop Up. It's just happen- by Joel Santana. Just happens to feature Joel Santana. Hey. And Arizona. Shout out Arizona. It's lit. We'll see you guys oh, later. Oh, yeah. And uh, I got to shout out Fat Boy. Oh, there we go. Fat Boy going to be coming gonna through, be too. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's going to start pushing it soon. You'll see. Alright. We'll soon. This, soon. He's funny. We'll see how this plays out. Look him up on Instagram if you don't know who he is. <laughs> Fuck Burger King. He walked in the store <laughs> and drank Burger. half the juice. <laughs> <laughs> I love Burger King. Sorry guys. We're actually gonna get Zach to do a freestyle right now. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no way. Everyone enjoy the rest of your day, Saturday Radio. This is NKNX. Hey boy. Zach. We out. Look back from all the things you've done